Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hi there. I'm Randa Fattah from ThruLine. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org podcast. From KQED. This is the California Report. Good morning. I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. We start with a battle against two big wildfires burning in the state, one in the north, one in the south. In Placer and El Dorado counties, fire crews are making progress fighting the Mosquito Fire, which started on the evening of September 6th. As of last night, Cal Fire says the blaze has burned more than 46,000 acres and is 10% contained. But Cal Fire fire behavior analyst Jonathan Pangborn says more windy, dry conditions are expected today, which could create complications for fire crews. We have a new air mass coming in. So the wind will primarily still be coming out of the southwest, pushing in this direction toward the northeast. It's not going to be strong, but it's going to be enough to clear the smoke out and that breathes new life into the fire environment. What's really driving the fire, though, is the historically low fuel moisture and the receptive availability of those fuels or um, material to burn. The Mosquito Fire has blanketed big areas of the northern Sierra region with smoke. And Lee Tarney with the U.S. Forest Service says that will continue through today. We're going to get, in the morning, a bunch of accumulation of smoke as things, uh, as things are stable, and even some intrusion of smoke up the foothills towards Chico and points north. And then in the afternoon, the wind's going to organize all that smoke, push it over towards the east and towards Truckee, Tahoe, and the Reno uh, area. 11,000 residents of communities, including Forest Hill and Georgetown, have been evacuated. The cause of the fire is under investigation, but Pacific Gas and Electric said last week that an electrical fault occurred on one of its lines. About the same time, the fire started near Oxbow Reservoir. Meanwhile, in Riverside County, the Fairview Fire near Hemet has burned more than 28,000 acres and as of last night was 49% contained. Those figures from Cal Fire. Two people, a father and an adult daughter, died trying to escape the blaze and the fire has destroyed about 30 structures. Firefighters received an assist battling the blaze over the weekend thanks to tropical storms moving through the region that brought heavy rains. A helicopter that was assisting with operations in the Fairview fire crashed this weekend while attempting to land at the Banning Airport. Fire officials say the crash occurred around 4 on Saturday afternoon. The helicopter crashed into a backyard near the airport. The pilot and two suffered moderate injuries in the crash. The Federal Aviation Agency and the National Transportation Safety Board will both be investigating the incident. Members of the State Assembly from San Francisco say they'll be keeping an eye on Pacific Gas and Electric's possible role in the Mosquito Fire now burning in the Sierra Nevada foothills in El Dorado and Placer counties. KQED politics correspondent Marissa Lagos reports. PG&E, which is headquartered in San Francisco, filed notice with state regulators last week, saying that electrical activity occurred on one of its lines close to the time the Mosquito Fire was reported September 6th. 
San Francisco Assemblymember Matt Haney says if there's evidence the utility was at fault in this fire or any others this fall. I think there should definitely be hearings. But PG&E, which entered bankruptcy in 2019 after causing a series of massive wildfires, has struck a different tone with policymakers in recent years, says San Francisco Assemblymember Phil Ting. The tone is more humble. I think they have really accepted that this is something they're going to have to deal with every single year. This is not a once in a hundred years event. One example, says Ting, company leadership is now putting wires underground after years of focusing fire prevention efforts on cutting trees near power lines. Both Haney and Ting also stress climate change's role in wildfires and say PG&E's equipment is only part of the state's challenge. Ting noted that California has poured billions of dollars into wildfire prevention efforts such as vegetation management in recent years, but says finding staff to do the work can be a challenge. For the California Report, I'm Marisa Lagos. California's sweltering heat wave may be over, but bills signed into law by Governor Gavin Newsom could help in future heat ups. On Friday, the governor signed a package of legislation into law that he says will better protect Californians from extreme heat. One bill would require California environmental officials to establish a statewide heat warning system by 2025. The warning system would be the first of its kind in the country, creating a program that ranks heat events by factoring in severity and health dangers. Hi, I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as like the place to be California. The land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio, it was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. State Attorney General Rob Bonta is co-leading a coalition of 20 attorney generals in support of new Title IX regulations that govern how schools respond to sexual misconduct. The Biden administration has proposed reversing changes made by the Trump administration, which narrowed the definition of sexual harassment on campus. In a letter to the Department of Education, Bonta and other top prosecutors say those changes exacerbated underreporting of sexual harassment and violence at both colleges and K-12 schools. San Francisco Unified Title IX coordinator Kiki Williams agrees. The formal complaint process was so long and 
burdensome and formal. So it really had a chilling impact also on a lot of students who wanted to report what happened to them. California's attorney general also asked federal officials to reinstitute a ban on publications that use stereotypes based on sex. One of the bills that's passed in the state legislature and is now on Governor Gavin Newsom's desk to approve or veto would offer cash benefits to unemployed, undocumented workers currently excluded from the state's unemployment insurance program. It's an idea that not so many years ago would have been considered out of the question. But today, it's a different story. Here's KQED's Farida Javala Romero. The bill would create a one-year pilot program in 2024 offering undocumented Californians who lose jobs $300 per week up to 20 weeks. Before the state Senate voted to approve AB 2847 last month, lawmakers were given one last opportunity to voice any opposition. Members, discussion or debate? Seeing and hearing none, Madam Secretary, please call the roll. There was no registered opposition from the public either, but nine Republican state senators did vote against the bill, like Brian Daly, who represents the northeast corner of California, and worries a program like this would lack enough checks and balances to prevent fraud. I will guarantee you there will be fraud in this system, and once there's the fraud, the money's gone and it's hurting California businesses. The bill does provide funding for the government to set up a documentation process for undocumented workers to prove their eligibility. It's a big job. In California, more than one million workers are undocumented, and the pandemic highlighted how essential they are in industries like agriculture, construction, manufacturing. That's why Paul Shedden supports the bill. He co-owns a company that makes guitar accessories in Petaluma. He says the tight labor market impacts the parts manufacturing companies he relies on. He says it would help small businesses like his if California made it easier for undocumented workers to stay during economic downturns. If we do take care of them, it means they're more likely in the event that they are sick or unemployed because no fault of their own to stay around so that when the economy picks up, we we need then undocumented workers to resume those positions. They're here to do that. What you hear Shedden saying, essentially, is a growing recognition that undocumented people are an important part of California's economy. It's this reality that's led to the political sea change a bill like AB 2847 represents in Sacramento, compared to 1994, when Californians overwhelmingly voted to restrict benefits for the undocumented, says Kevin Johnson, dean of the UC Davis School of Law. With a robust economy, a robust budget, and a tight labor market, we're even more appreciative or understanding of the benefits of immigrant workers than in other times. At a summer rally in Sacramento for AB 2847, Jose Rodriguez and other immigrants called for unemployment benefits in return for the estimated $3.5 billion in state and local taxes undocumented people in California pay each year. Rodriguez spent months unemployed after the restaurant in San Rafael where he waited tables closed. Like so many undocumented early in the pandemic, his income disappeared when the economy constricted. He and his wife fell behind on rent and relied on food banks to feed their two U.S.-born kids. His message to the governor, we do a lot for this country. 
help us a little bit as well. For the California Report, I'm Farida Javala Romero. And that is the California Report from Monday, September 12th. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm your host, Saul Gonzalez. Thanks so much for listening and have a great day. Support for the California Report comes from Stanford HealthCare, alerting listeners to the critical blood shortage in the area. Now's the time to donate blood and make a difference. StanfordBloodCenter.org. Personal Capital, providing people with financial tools like the Retirement Planner to help them achieve their financial goals. PersonalCapital.com. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy includes Schmidt Ocean Institute. Coming this fall, the launch of research vessel FALCOR-2, advancing the frontiers of ocean science and exploration on the web at schmidtocean.org. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? Its history, its people, its unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out the Bay Curious book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on the Bay Curious podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get the Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member. You get special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks.